Let's get sweaty. Hi guys, it's James and Matt, and today we want to do a slightly short video, if possible, on the story elements of Shenmue as a whole. There's been uh, a few misconceptions that have been brought up recently in terms of um, a certain video and tweets, and obviously we're going to highlight this tweet from RGT85, um, is it? Who's Yeah, he's kind of like... He's got good intentions, obviously, he's a passionate guy, but I've seen this an awful lot where people have got this sort of misconception that, um, you know, that the game's going to end with a fight between Rio and Landy, and maybe it will, but the way that the kind of word this stuff is like, there's nothing else story-wise in Shenmue, and obviously that's far from true. So I've got a massive list of all the little story elements, and we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into... The, some of the main aspects of Shemu's story, ongoing story, what you know we want or what we're going to expect in the future, to just prove that it's not just literally uh, a fight between Rio and Landy to end the series. You know, there's a lot more ingrained in mysticism and all sorts, and we'll, we'll go through the, the points anyway right now, Matt. So I'm going to start off. So obviously we know at the start of the game, obviously. Rio's father is killed by Landy. So on the surface, you know, that kind of seems a simple revenge premise. Uh, Rio's wants to seek revenge on the death of his father. But that's kind of just the basic plot line that just serves to push the narrative along. So, you know, along the way, Rio encounters friends, characters, NPCs um, that have all got their own side stories ongoing. And so Rio's journey actually expands outwards from that initial plot point. So as you'll experience throughout playing the first Shenmue is, you know, you know, you're going to bed at night and Rio starts dreaming about a girl. Matt, if you want to elaborate, elaborate on who this girl is. Yes. So, of course, we all know this girl as Shenfa. Um, she starts appearing in Rio's dreams sort of probably about a third of the way through Shenmue 1. You go to sleep. And then you have a dream sequence where she's like floating through the air. Um, also, later on, she appears in the bad ending where she's basically warning Rio to hurry the hell up um, before Landy comes off and obviously kills him as well. Not only that, she's integral to the prophecy. We all know the prophecy is Shemmy fans. I should probably have said it at the start of this. <laughs> There's a lot of spoilers going to go, go in there. So if you've never played Shemmy before, do not watch this video and turn off now. Yeah. Um, so already that you this mysticism around Shenfar is is there why is she popping up in Rio's dreams not only in games but the anime as well she appears two mm -hmm. or three times in his dreams so straight away the the mysticism around her that subplot around her takes it away from that basic revenge story that's true and obviously she appears in the introduction to the game if you don't press start to, to begin Shenmue 1, obviously you've got the old prophecy, um, you know, there's a, a emphasis on this particular character um, who is crazy enough you don't even see till the end of Shenmue 2, so, you know, um, apart from the dreams, of course. Uh, next point, Matt, in the basement, so as you play through Shenmue 1, of course, you eventually gain access to the Hazuki Dojo's basement, which is... Rio's father's hidden away so it was locked behind a wall a hidden yeah uh, passage and down in the basement there's a ton of valuables um, some really interesting items that belong to a wow Rio's father on his trip to China which 
you know, it, it, at the start of the game, obviously, you have the, the fight with Landy. You, you, Rio is experiencing everything for the first time. He doesn't realise his father is involved with this Chinese man who's, you know, the mafia, Chinese mafia, Chinese cartel called the Chiu Man that we'll get into a little bit. Um, obviously, we're told that he's killed someone, well, Landy's father, in a Chinese place called Menkun. So, obviously, at some point, Uwa was in China, and Ryo's actually seen all these items in the Hazuki Dojo basement for the first time and sort of investigating some of his father's past, which is rather interesting. And whilst you're in the basement, you get a mysterious scroll, which obviously you can get translated at um, the warehouse and break with Guizang, and you also get a white leaf. You do. We don't have any clue what either of these items are meant to serve at the moment, so that's an ongoing story plot, although albeit quite a minor plot at the moment. Um, but, you know, they could have a bigger meaning later on in the series, right? Yeah, I mean, we, we obviously don't know at this point, and obviously then there's the two main items that you find in... in in the basement although one of them if you don't find it you get a cutscene at the end of Shenmue 1 where Fukusan hands it to you mm -hmm. so the first the item I'm referring to there is the photo of a wow and Longden um that's true uh, yeah. of in Bailey village. Father in Bailey village mm. and if you don't find it in for whatever reason because Shenmue obviously has branching paths etc Fukusan will give it to you at the end of the game as you're about to leave I didn't know this until a few years ago, so there you go, because you always pick it up just out of habit. And yep. then obviously the second bit is, is the Phoenix Mirror and it's all the mysticism around that. Obviously you've spoken to Master Chen at this point, you know mm. a little bit about the Chi men, you know a little about Chi Yu. But again, the the, the main sort of the, the arc of revenge is there. It, it doesn't go away. But all these other themes start cropping in with Shenmue. So it's not just coming into Rio and Landy must face off. It's about the mirrors. It's about the Chi Yu men. It's about a WoW's past, which actually the anime really hangs on that a lot more than the games do in fairness as well. Mm. So again, to simplify, I mean, we're, 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 we're only like three points in here, but to simplify Shenmue as just a revenge story, I think you do it a disservice in what it's trying to achieve in terms of the wider storylines and how it will all come together at the end, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, I guess as soon as you encounter this Phoenix Mirror in the basement, suddenly things are just blown open, aren't they? Because you've got um, characters start informing Rio about the mirror, and then you get this all this Chinese mythological folklore stories about the mirror, about you know the history behind the the, the stone that it's created out of. And how you know that's how you kind of find out that the stone that it's made out of is linked to Bailu Village, where well, is obviously in that photograph. So there's a lot of things going on there. How is Awau in possession of the mirror, even? So there's a lot of unanswered questions there. And like you touched upon, when you speak to Master Chen, uh, he's he's checking out the mirror. He explains that when the Phoenix and the Dragon mirrors combine, Chi Yo will resurrect on Earth and. If you do a little bit of um, research into Chuyo, it's kind of this sort of Chinese mythological beast <laughs> that yeah. apparently is going to devour Earth. So obviously you kind of don't want these mirrors to get in the, the wrong hands. <laughs> no. And this, again, Shenmue has this underlying theme of mysticism of Chinese mythology. There's so much of it in there that it, I know, it adds 
not fluff, it's probably the wrong word, but it adds like an emphasis of ev- everything else around this revenge story that mm-hmm. actually there's a lot of a lot of things going on as an undercurrent around this that are driving this revenge story. The basic revenge element is driving things forward in that Rio is headstrong, that's what he wanted to do. But then all yeah. these subplots are emerging. We talked about obviously the, the, the stone, the Phantom River, River Stone that you obviously talk about in, in Dubuit if you go to the antique shops. And, and and speak to Yagamashi as well mm-hmm. and then you sort of then start at that point the game's still quite grounded in realism because it's all mythological it's all we haven't got to the end of Shenmue 2 which I'm skipping ahead a little bit but we all know what happens there and obviously we're going to touch on that in a bit but at this point it's very grounded it's mm-hmm. around your friends it's around Rio community it's around all those little subplots that are developing yeah. very very slowly i guess matt if you had you'd only played the first game you probably would think of it as just a revenge tale because a lot of these mystical elements haven't really come to the forefront just yet you've still got this um you know rio's headstrong tracking down landy you know at the end of shemu one of course he leaves for hong kong and that's where rio's yeah. next destination is at the start of shemu two so if you'd only played the first game i could kind of see like oh why don't they just End the end the story. You know, Rio has a fight with Landy and wins. Um, but obviously, we're going to get a lot, lot deeper as we get into the Shemu Two aspect. So I'm going to skip ahead into the Shemu Two aspect. Obviously, Shemu One is a little bit more. It's got more depth than the, the story elements we've just touched upon. But a lot of that is like side character stuff. Yeah. Obviously, meeting up with Guizang, who potentially could return in the future of the series. He did say he's going to catch up with him at some point. So that could be another minor story plot that we could have a bit of a continuation of in the future but the end of Shemu 3 of course Guizang's still not caught up so I'm not sure if that's is something that's going to happen or not so Ryo along the way he's been learning loads of different martial arts teachings from experienced martial artists masters and one of the the main emphasis in Shemu 2 of course is not losing sight of you know focus and trying to stay calm to do the right thing and um, that's when you, you learn about the four do and chewing teaches rio to have a, a mind like a polish polished mirror and um that kind of the game excels i reckon in the way that it tells this wisdom to rio because it also informs it to the player as well because it uses a lot of gameplay mechanics to kind of force the player to be patient as well. Obviously, you do the the boot carrying uh, as a bit of a job for shoeing. So you start to kind of like immerse yourself in the character of Rio at this point, if you hadn't already, because now all of a sudden you're being told that revenge isn't the right path. And we'll get into a little bit of extra story later with shoeing and obviously your brother who went down the bad path. <laughs> but um, obviously... The game does a really good job, I think, of like taking the player to have a, a step back, a calm down a bit, and 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 just rethink basically about what the main goal is. And ultimately, like Awao's words at the start of the game, is to keep friends close. So you know, just cherish your friends. And obviously, the revenge thing. He's Rio's pushing friends away, isn't he? Because he's he's one track minded. So obviously yeah. the game's trying to teach both Rio and the player 
um, some lessons. As they say, yeah, that's a yeah, really valid point there. You look at it in Rio's actions in Shenmue 1 and Shenmue 2, and to a point Shenmue 3, that <laughs> he's headstrong in seeking revenge and his friends end up in trouble, generally. Um, Nozomi gets captured. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Joy and Wong get captured in Shenmue 2. Shen Fa gets captured in Shenmue 3. So Ryo's lust for revenge and not taking on board those messages is having an impact. Now, I'm a believer, and I'm, I'm going well ahead here, but I think this is another subplot that, although it is a revenge tale, I think is something that a theme that carries with Shenmue is actually your actions have bloody consequences. Yeah. So my view is that Rio's actions will eventually get somebody killed. Mm. Ren. Now, there's two schools of thought with Ren that he might double-cross Rio and then sacrifice himself to come, you know, to make it up to him. There's also the school of thought, which I've theorised a little bit, that actually um, Rio gets himself into a situation like Shenmue 3, Ren bails him out, but this time Ren doesn't survive. And that's like Rio's epiphany moment that you move away from revenge and all those teachings around the leaf catching, the mind of a cl- uh, clear like a polished mirror, even with lacking Kung Fu that um, Master Bei talks about and, and obviously Grandmaster Feng and Master Sun talk about in Shenmue 3 that he's lacking. Again, a theme of the anime that Ryo is lacking a lot of not just around his revenge, but his, his skills, his ability to control his mind. And that impact of Ren's death, again, theorizing, would be Ryo's moment to go, Oh hell! What? You know, oh shit! And then you move that story away from the revenge arc to actually the bigger picture of the Chi Men, the crime syndicate, the the law of the mirrors, the mystery of the mirrors. All of that sort of stuff comes into it, and it moves away from a basic revenge tale to something much bigger. In my mind. Mm-hmm. And like you've mentioned about the anime, it's kind of they chose not to use the word revenge. This kind of like find out the proof that mm. Rio's father is kind of the way that they tell the story in the anime and that's kind of what happens along the journey Rio encounters loads of characters that have actually met with his father at some point uh, in the past when he was in China and in Hong Kong of course in these locations but they've all got the same or similar response that the firstly the shock that Uwa was dead yeah and they're also of the mindset that his father would never kill so Rio is obviously confused, you know, his father's died because some guy thinks that he's his father's killed his father. And everyone's telling Rio that that's not Awa's character at all, Awa would never kill. So you've got this ongoing story there of like, well, you know, what actually happened back in the day in Meng Kung? Um, what, is his father capable of, of murder? Um, obviously we know Landy's father was originally entrusted with both of the mirrors, so the Phoenix yeah. and the Dragon. And we've seen that photograph where the Wow's friends with Landy's father at some point in Bailu Village. They're laughing, they're in the photo together. And actually, in Shemu 3, um, characters there, masters there, who remember when Iwao was in Bailu Village, they're say, say, saying that you know they were, they were friends, they got along, they were training together, and then suddenly one day, they just stopped coming to the village. Um, so, after Landy's father at some point dies, again, we, we don't know how this happened or who 
killed him if it was a, a wow but a wow became the owner of both mirrors and he hid them around his house so obviously you've got the one under the cherry tree that landy gets at the start of the game you've got the one in the basement that rio finds um the phoenix sorry and the dragon was under the tree so yeah so did a wow kill um landy's father for them why did he have to hide them obviously someone's out to get them the chiyu men that we find out um, but what is the the connection to, to Menkun, where Awau supposedly killed Landy's father? We don't know, do we? That's the thing. We don't know. Why did Awau, in theory, kill Landy's father? Did he kill Landy's father? Again, mm -hmm. I'm skipping forward a little bit to the end of Shenmue 3, but this is a story subplot that I think gets left out quite a lot, that it's assumed in Shenmue 1 and 2, that Landy has joined the Chi Men um, for whatever reason. But actually, we know in Shenmue 3 that he was picked up as a child by yeah. the Chi Men, assumed that this might be after his father's death, possibly, and he was mm -hmm. trained by them. So that, that while it's an assumption of a plot point, is confirmed. So we now know that there could be a version of events that Landy has been told that may not be mm -hmm. true. So that's an open question within this within this revenge tale. Another subplot is actually was Landy wrong in what he did? Do we know that or not? Will we find that out? So that's an interesting sort of plot that's not been explored too much just yet. Hopefully, it does in Shenmue Four. But it's it's something that I think a lot of Shenmue fans would theorise that there's there's more to it than meets the eye that a wow did just kill him. I mean, that would be a hell of a plot swerve in itself, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that actually there's... That Landy's been manipulated by the Chi men, and it's mm -hmm. all about this path of redemption. It's not about revenge. It's about redemption. It's about learning from your mistakes. It's about calming your mind. And then you add in, again, all the mythology stuff. Now, again, I'm skipping well ahead. Obviously, we've at this point, Shenmue 2, you've been to Kowloon, you've beat Don Neo using Kowloon Assault, you've cleared your mind like a polished mirror, <laughs> and then you get the scene with Yuandazu in Ren's hideout with the mirrors, and he blows the smoke, and it brings up the lights, which are a map to the key to the treasure. Obviously, you've only got one half of this, and Yuandazu's an interesting character here. Is, is he going to turn up again? Because you look at the chapter tiles, and... And it's implied he might turn up and Yu Suzuki has spoken in interviews about Yuandazu that he's not necessarily trustworthy mm -hmm. so again it's a subplot now it's it's not talked about explicitly in the games completely admit that but it's an interesting subplot that why why does Yuandazu know all about this why did he help a wow how is he connected to all of this and are we going to find this out and also when you think that Zhang ends up in Niawu on the, in the DLC and he's following the Chi men is he following the Chi men or is, or is he, following he following Rio? <laughs> we don't yeah. know. We don't know. And, you know, everyone could be after this treasure. So, you know, as he's doing that smoke and mirrors display thing, he's, he suggests that both mirrors combined show a map to the treasure. So we don't know who motive, whose motive is actually the treasure at the end of the day, rather than trying to help Rio. Maybe they're trying to help Rio so that he can find where the treasure is. <laughs> um uh, another point I was going to make, Matt, just going off what you said about Landy entering the Chi Men as a child, you've got a similar plot line going on with Chewing and her yeah. brother Ziming, who, in a similar sort of situation, her and her brother's parents both died, and then Ziming uh, 
decided to seek revenge and join the Chiyu men. And obviously he was a child as well. So it's kind of like, I'm not suggesting like the Chiyu men are just recruiting children. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds a bit dodgy, doesn't it? But I mean, these children are obviously angry and, you know, seeking revenge and somehow they wind up as part of the Chiyu men. It's a key so, it's a key theme, isn't it? It's a key theme. Yeah. The whole way through is something's happened to antagonize these people. Zimming, Landy, Rio. They've all tread the same path. Landy, assuming that, of course. Zimming, we're pretty sure he's he's treading the revenge path. And Rio's at the start of that journey. So mm-hmm. it's wider than just Rio's revenge story. There's lots of revenge stories here. It goes it goes much, much wider than just Rio's singular desire. And it's interesting how how they all link up as well. If you think about Landy's father was killed, Landy killed Iwao's father, you know, um, and then you've got the, the plot going here where it's like Zimming's father's been killed, so Zimming goes to kill the person that, you know, there's a lot of like revenge, murder, revenge, murder, you know, it's like he's died, so I'll go kill the person yeah. that killed him. I'll, oh, he's died, you know, so... I mean, at the moment, Rio's not got a son, so <laughs> not yet. If Rio, if Rio dies, then he's got no one to seek revenge, I suppose, on Rio. But um, another interesting point I've got is obviously there's a big emphasis on stars. We get obviously cutscenes when you're learning about the mirrors, the Big Dipper, all the constellations, the North Star, and actually the North Star blinks. Apparently, uh, it's kind of like a danger sign. Uh, something bad happens, and you do see. As part of Rio's dreams, like Shenfar looks up at the sky and the North Star's blinking or flickering. Mm. So there's a lot of star subplot thing going on as well. That I guess is a lot of like ancient Chinese folklore. But obviously the game does a fairly good job of like intriguing the player into what's going to go on with the stars, how all that links together. And obviously we just touched upon it. The star formations come out of the mirrors themselves. So, like I say, a big emphasis on stars. Um, so, we've got Rio heading to Guilin next. He goes to Bailu Village, the home of the type of stone the mirror is made from. And obviously, Landy's meant to be headed there too. So, this is right at the end of Shemu 2 as you're heading into Guilin. Um, so, Landy's obviously looking for clues about the Phoenix Mirror because at this point he doesn't realise that Rio's got the mirror. So they go out, and this is like part of the start of Shemu 3, where they, they, they begin to raid all of the stonemasons' houses and end up kidnapping Shenfua's father, um, along with um, another stonemason, actually. His I forget name, the name yeah, of. His name eludes me, but yeah, there's two of them that get captured. <laughs> there's two there of them that, that gets point. captured, yeah. And then obviously, as Ryu enters Guilin, he meets up with Shenfua from his dreams. You know, the prophecy came true go with the one that holds the phoenix you know they start to question how this stuff is realized uh, you know rio's he's, he's dreamt about this girl you know how 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 is how was he connected to this girl before you even met her yeah um and then obviously shenfar's got this prophecy that is kind of like the main poem of the village you know you hear it a ton in the, the anime even you know it's getting a bit be a bit of a joke really how they kept on <laughs> bringing yeah, the prophecy up episode. in the anime but um obviously the prophecy word for word links them two together which is a strange thing that's again another ongoing narrative prophecies coming true 
and sort of talking around that while you look at your notes is yep. with Shen Fa, we haven't even touched on her mysticism and her powers here. No. Or how it's intimated. So I'm going to go straight in on that one, actually, because obviously when yeah, you sure. meet Shen Fa, um, they get talking. You have the scene with the dandelions where she sort mm-hmm. of raises them up and then she talks about that she can communicate with animals and things like that as well. She then sort of goes into her family lineage a little bit as well and that she can almost feel that she's been other places with other people with her family like she's had a hundred birthdays i think it's talked about in shenmue 3 <laughs> when they talk about yeah they um, do actually say family. that don't they mm. and she has these very vivid dreams about her lineage and her family and her past so it's intimated there that actually she could in theory could have come from some sort of emperor lineage and also maybe be able to contact these people couple that in with the Shenmue tree as well mm-hmm. now we know there's more than one and they're all linked I think they're broadly cherry trees broadly speaking but they're all like they're linked it's like the link of the Shenmue tree to Rio's cherry tree at home that links Shenfire and Rio together so there's yeah. that theme around the tree and how what what that holds what mysticism that holds I mean Shenfire saying it protects her and then you've got a flashback scene where I assume this is a long time ago. You've got a baby Shenfa or a version of her named mm-hmm. after the tree in some sort of ancient China. So is that the same tree? Is there a mystery there? Is, you know, are there more than one trees? Are they linked? Are they not linked? See, this is where the story just goes crazy. It just blows my mind thinking like how, what's going on here? That It's mad. It's absolutely bloody mad, isn't it? When like you, you just said there, it? she says something to Rio about having she feels like she's had 100 birthdays which is a strange thing to say she's only 16 um, she's has vivid dreams of being in a capital city in China yeah. and obviously the emperor and empress are there and then you've got this flashback which I assume the player is the only you know we're the only people that know about this because well I, I, unless she's describing this as something that happened to Rio as it's happening but She's obviously she's under the tree on a swing, different environment. It's not Shenfa's house. It's like this old ancient Chinese temple in the background. You've got uh, parents who are dressed in these royal emperor and empress clothing. Um, obviously, a little bit later, Shenfa is seen as a child in sort of like a quite a a, a real a, a royal yeah outfit very nice as well. outfit so, isn't it? Yeah, so there's like this kind of thing there. Is she the the child of the emperor and empress of China? Um, what happened to them and and this is like going back at 1910 and we actually did a bit of research into this map like the the location the temple and stuff is of that period of, in time yes that was a previous episode we did I think didn't we I can't, when we looked at the I can't remember if it was the timeline or, or burning questions I can't remember the episode now but we, we went into quite a lot of detail and actually the the temple or the area they show would have been appropriate for around 1910, roughly, give or take a few years. So we're making, we're theorising here, but that could have mm-hmm. been a past Shenfar. Or is it the same Shenfar, you know? Well, what, what, what does it all mean if she's, she thinks she's had 100 birthdays? I, I don't know. <laughs> it's. Uh, I'd like to know what's going on there. How And obviously just the fact that she's got these powers is makes her an unusual character, you know, um, yeah. I will mention about the trees sorry Matt just before we yeah. uh, carry on there obviously both of them have this sort of connection 
to each other's tree. So Rio's standing outside Chenfoy's house, looking at the tree where we get the flashbacks, and he feels the power of the tree. He says, you know, he, he had a weird feeling, strange feeling he can't describe by being around the tree, looking at the tree, and he kind of has that feeling back at home around his tree. So obviously mm. we just said that the trees are kind of connected somehow. So again, that's another plot point that we haven't had an answer for what's going on with the trees and obviously that is the name of the game Shenmue <laughs> yeah. so there must be there must be some sort of um, major plot point surrounding that you'd hope you'd hope so I mean we may not get an answer but again it's a key theme they're linking these characters together mm-hmm. and you talk about Shenfar's powers we haven't even talked about the end of Shenmue 2 where obviously she uses what is you know what a better expression the force to lower mm-hmm. down the sword mm-hmm and then obviously you have the re- the the relief in the in the quarry, and or the stone pit rather. I won't call it a quarry because that's that just that's insulting to the translation of Shenmue to a little <laughs> bit. But you know what I mean, the stone pit. I know what you mean, yeah. And that obviously is when the prophecy blow is blown open. That's like oh my god with the mirrors mm-hmm. and everything. Now, as we're approaching Shenmue three, I'm going to preface this a little bit in saying that obviously. The way that Shenmue 3 executed its story elements has been done to death. We know it wasn't as good as it could have been, but it doesn't mean they're not there. I think that's the big sort of theme we're going into with this sort of section is actually there's more to this than I think it's given credit for a little bit. And there's some major plot points that we're going to come on to, which really changed the status quo of, of, of Shenmue. So with Bailu Village, obviously, James, you just touched on this, 1910, that's when the mirrors were commissioned by the emperor at the time. And they yep. came to Bailu Village to find the stonemason to do that, who is Shen, is Shen Fa's lineage. It's, a, it's, I think, her grandfather or great-grandfather at that point. I'd have to play the game again to make sure I'm completely accurate on that. And then it's talked about within the village elders. Aldier talks about it. Uh, Grandmaster uh, Sun talks about it. And the other guy whose name I can't remember, but with the one with the massive pipe at the top of Sunset Sue. Hill. That might be him. And they're Mr. all... They, that's it. That's it. And they all remember this event, this massive, massive event. So it's a huge deal in Bailu Village. It's a massive deal in Bailu Village that these mirrors were commissioned. We don't know why they were commissioned there, other mm-hmm. than that there was a good stonemason. So then... With, with that, it then touches on the history of why they're created. And then as we move through Shenmue 3, you do get a little tidbit around a WoW uh, time training there. You, not not as much as I'd like, but you do. You know that he was training with his friend and they stopped coming. You talk to the monk at the temple who hands Rio uh, the Ema, which is addressed with, to her, um, Rio's mother. That. Yeah. So that's another little subplot there that, that mm-hmm. we didn't know Can't about. Know. Akane. Now, whether that go anywhere is another another point, but you know, fine. And actually, it's well known within the villagers that a wow was there, and mm-hmm. and Grandmaster Sun talks a lot about um, that, as does Fang as well, because so there's you, that, there's that tree scene. You kind of get in Rio following in his father's footsteps, yeah. really. Everywhere that he ends up being is a place where a wow has been at some point, which is interesting to say the least that you know he's he is following his footsteps journey his father's journey yeah um yeah to a certain degree anyway and that's that's i think the 
the theme of revenge is obviously it doesn't go away but it starts moving to more towards the rear is following in his father's footsteps you get a bit more of this in Niawu as well but I'll, I'll hold that point there for now but then again the mystery of the mirrors comes back obviously <laughs> you, you take out Yang Lang you go to Aldiyar you find your tokens and you end up in the bell tower well first Matt that, that's when we get to see another power of Shenfor's we do I forgot this taking, taking out Yan Lang she's kind of like gets in his head somehow it's a very bizarre scene really when you watch it for the first time but she must be using some sort of a mind power um, obviously we, we mentioned about Shenfor's powers before and obviously she did the the Sword of the Seven Stars thing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. touches Rio, sparks go flying you know there's something weird going on where she like hand Jedi bind yeah. <laughs> the sword into the thing and then we get a slightly smaller sword in the third game um, but something's crazy with, with Shenfar and how she's got these powers and, and what they all are uh, yeah. and it's also assumed that she does the same sort of mind trick on Ren a little bit later just from context of how that scene plays out yeah, very true. And actually, when you, I mean, I don't know how much canon is in Shenmue Online or not, but it is heavily intimated with Shen Fire at this point when the clouds come over and she bursts with her powers on that clifftop. Mm-hmm. That's 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 massive around her her powers. And then also, you go back to the Project Berkeley stuff, which looks like the cliff temple. Oh, yeah. Where she shoves those guys she off, and, La- and, and Landy turns around, and he's like, "What the hell?" You know, yep. there's all this stuff around her powers that we don't know. Now, I'd love Shenmue Three to go into more of that, absolutely. But are they saving that for Shenmue Four? Again, it's more than vengeance. What 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 is Shen Far? What are her powers? How does this, how does she link this together? How is she linked to Rio? And what mm-hmm. is her wider role in this? It's it's bigger than just centering Rio. It's bigger than that, and it's bigger than Rio. And the, the story of Revenge, as you start expanding it out, it's much, much bigger than just Rio's quest for vengeance. It, it, it That quest for vengeance is a cog in a bigger machine to the end of what would be a Shenmue 4 or a Shenmue 5. So, without going into that too much further, pairing it back, obviously we, we find out about the scroll in the, in the bell tower mm-hmm. and it has the map to the cliff temple. It notes that you have to go to Niawi. We never had these before. We never knew about these. It was intimated around the mountains in Shenmue 2, the painting that was retconned for Shenfar's wall that she said oh, the mountains are dangerous we don't go there sort of thing. I'm making that it's something like that something like that yeah <laughs> um, so we now have this scroll that's guiding them and and it's, it's saying go with the one who holds the phoenix so you find out more around where they're going now we know it's linked to treasure it's talked about with Master Chen a little bit and it's talked about with Ren and Yuandersu so it's, no, it's not new but it gives us a bit more context as to where we're driving towards and hence why this we end up in the now. location of the yeah. treasure, basically. Yeah, which we didn't know before. Yeah. And obviously, the mirrors are apparently the key to unlock the treasure. And again, still at this point, we don't know what the treasure is exactly. Is it good? Is it bad? You know, could it resurrect Chiyo? For all we know. Because obviously, you need both mirrors, and we've had that for telling early from Master Chen. So there's elements of good and bad. We don't know what kind of treasure is in store for Rio when he actually gets there or whoever's going to unlock the, the, the temple 
Um, which leads us into Niawu, actually, Matt. So Landy has a sort of like a headquarters operation castle based in Niawu. And obviously, it's the whole second half of Shamu 3. Uh, quite a few things go on in Niawu, perhaps not as much as Bailu side of things. Um, but Niawu is the next destination. Ren actually meets up with Ryo in that part. So that's Ryo. Ren comes back into the story. Mm-hmm. And since arriving in Niawu, you've got this mysterious lady that keeps popping up all over the city and Semi seduces Ryo. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah well, true. You, you, she does. I mean, that, yeah. that's an aspect of her character, which we'll find out a little bit later. But Ryo's kind of like... I guess he fancies her, that he keeps staring at her and uh, he's intrigued by her anyway and obviously that leads to trouble. <laughs> Doesn't it just? I mean, you talk about trouble. You come across her what? You come across on the boat, obviously the mm-hmm. opening cut scene. It's She's then, looking at that kid a little bit I, later, isn't she? Yeah. And then as you're hunting for the red snakes, she, she pops up a couple more times and I'd love more around her, absolutely, but it you, it does beg the question of who she is and then obviously when you finally get the move to beat um, G as it is mm-hmm. uh, she's in their hideout going well I own it and they've gone to the castle which you've just sort of touched on that Landy obviously we don't know this as players at this point we obviously know it now is Landy's at the castle and it's building up for this big reveal which actually where I think again I'm sort of putting a disclaimer on this is Shenmue 3 I think heavily weighted all of its big stuff at the end and didn't build to it the build to it wasn't there like in the first two games so I can see why people feel it's a bit empty I get it I understand it and I agree with people whether you liked Shenmue 3 or didn't like it it's the one thing I think we all agree on that the story didn't do it do enough to build to that point but when you look at this ending of Shenmue 3 we skip through a lot of Niawu here mm-hmm. is You've got the reveal of Niaosun, right? So that's a big reveal. We knew she was coming. And it turns out she's this mysterious lady. Number two... She's kidnapped Shenfua. Yeah, she's kidnapped Shenfua to get the Phoenix Mirror. Rio hands this Phoenix Mirror over. Now, that is a massive deal that Rio had no longer holds the Phoenix Mirror. He's had this for th- you know, basically three games at this point. So yeah. what's her motivation? We find that out that actually she's going to screw Landy. She's going to screw him over. And as Rio is manipulated, I think, to go up to the castle to confront Landy, how she knows about this sort of stuff, I don't know. Who's tipping her off is another question. One question I've got is, does she not know that Landy's got the dragon mirror? Because well, that's the if thing. she burns the castle down... She mustn't know. She mustn't know. But how does she know that Rio wants to go after Landy? Something's been fed in there somewhere, hasn't it? And she manipulates him to go up there. And then obviously when Rio and Landy are fighting, she burns it down with him in it. And Landy's in it. And now she doesn't know he's got the the dragon mirror. So there's this power play in the Chi Men here that was never even intimated in any way, shape or form in the first two games. So yes, the mysticism's been put aside a little bit for a more practical storyline of hang on a second what's going on with the chi men here what's this power play that she's after why is she after the treasure what's her motivation is it just running the chi men does she want the treasure for herself what where's this going so again basic revenge arc has expanded it's been expanded hugely massively away from 
Rio seeking vengeance. He fights Landy and gets his ass kicked, right? Mm. Well, one point I'll make regarding the Elson is obviously we've known about her since even before the game was a thing. You've got promotional artwork of Ren, Rio, Shenfar, and the Elson. Those were like the four major characters used on all the promotional items. Um, so Nielsen obviously has a big, big role in the future of the series. Um, she's she's got a, a very small minor part in Shemu Three, and obviously that's not just going to be her part. If she's been hyped up since before the first game mm. as this character, so I think she's got more storyline, and obviously she will have because she holds the Phoenix Mirror now. She's whatever her intentions are with that mirror. That's going to be interesting to find out in the next game. Like say, it's more than just a, a revenge plotline now. There's there's loads of little factors going on. You've got chaos within the Chiyu Men now. Split factions. You know, there's a north, south, east, west. That's been talked about in interviews. It's supposed to be different leaders per each of those branches of factions within. So if they're all rivals against each other, you know, that's quite. You know, wars within. <laughs> a corporation i don't know if, if that's the right word for that but yeah but i see what you yeah i see exactly yeah. what you're saying i mean we obviously don't know how that's going to play out with with whether the four leaders will appear or not whether the story's been changed from the chapter tiles etc but mm. the fact that there's this power play going on between nelson and landy is is huge it's massive because we always wondered how she would fit into this story. We knew she was manipulative, she was vindictive. We also know she's involved with Zimmy in some way, shape or form because of the comic in Shenmue 2. True. So how's, how's that going to get resolved as well? So to say that Shenmue, I mean, at a very basic level, it is a revenge story. But all you have to do is scratch the surface and engage in the story all the way through. And even Shenmue 3. And you get this massive plethora of stuff that's come out there. The theme of revenge is there, but then there's the other things. The mysticism of the mirror, Shenfar's powers, Zimming, Zhuing, all of that feeds into this massive epic tale, which, quite frankly, cannot be told in an hour in a bloody anime. No, You can't no do it. You cannot fact, do it. Rio and Landy do have a fight, and Rio doesn't touch him. Uh, you can't get one hit on Landy, nah, so how, nowhere near him. how that's ever going to just be a thing where they have another fight and, oh, suddenly Rio wins. He's got to learn more martial arts. He's got to improve. Um, I don't know. I, I can't even imagine right now how he's going to do that if he can't even lay a hit on him at the current time. Well, this is the thing. <laughs> have I have mean, a training montage. Well, yeah, that or a time skip, which is, again, mm. we, I mean, it's been theorised on the forums as well. And actually, to bring that point in, uh, and I will try and find this magazine shot, years, years back when Shenmue 3 has been previewed, it was talked about that Shenmue's journey, Rio's journey, could take one to two years in game time. So that's a massive learning curve for rio one to two years that's a massive journey of discovery of improvement of going with his friends of discovering all the you know, the mysticism all the things around the mirror the chi men and everything and you look at the chapter tiles as well there's 11 chapter tiles in there some have been cut we know mm-hmm. but they go all over the place and then there's that map that he talked about at gdc 2014 oh, that's crazy that map that yeah. you go all over china with all these chapter tiles Again, it may have changed a little bit here, but to I want closure as much as the next person, right? And 
yeah, we talk about the, the ending of Shenmue 3 where it confirms you've got to go to the Cliff Temple. Shenmue Fire's dad confirms all of that stuff, confirms about Landy joining the Chi-Men, the mirrors being entrusted to his father, all that stuff. It confirms it, so it doesn't develop that side of things too much around the mirrors. But the flip side of that is the Chi-Men storyline has developed massively in that five-minute slot. It's then how Shenmue 4 brings it together. And you can't do that in in an anime in an hour I mean Jason DeMarco mentioned this when I interviewed him half a season will be Shenmue 3 mm-hmm. the next half of that season will be Shenmue 4 in Shenmue theory 4, yeah. Yeah. so obviously we don't know if they're going to get an anime or not but you would lose so much of the mysticism of the wider story if you oversimplify this story of Shenmue you lose its key things you lose its key heart. You lose you lose so much of it that I think you'd be doing it a disservice. And actually, if you do start rushing these things, you'd be unsure that people will go, why wasn't this resolved? Why wasn't this, yeah. the mirrors resolved? So why, why people, people resolved? won't be happy. Even if you know it does get cut short, you get your closure. People still won't be happy with that because it's skipped out a, a massive chunk. It's obvious from everything we touched upon. I mean, there's a few more points going through my list here, Matt, obviously Ren's thrown a faint mirror out the window so Landy yeah. does Landy think that that was the, the real mirror? You know, We, we don't, don't know, know what's going to happen to Landy at this point. We do get told that he's on his way to the Cliff Temple. I'm assuming that maybe Shenfar's father overheard him mention that that was his ne- next destination um, but I mean at the moment we don't even know if he's still alive um, he could have burnt in the fire, but I assume Landy's obviously capable right. of getting he's, out. He's a slippery right. eel, he's Landy, he'll be fine. Yeah. So, and we'd assume that Niaosun's heading to the Cliff Temple too, if uh-huh. she knows all about that sort of stuff. So, obviously, we see the three characters at the end of Shemu 3, massive spoilers, I know we did say this at the start, but they're heading to the Cliff Temple and Rio doesn't have the mirror anymore. Landy's got the dragon mirror and Niaosun's got the phoenix mirror. So, how that's going to play out is going to be interesting. Um, so, and then we've obviously got the the ongoing storyline of Zimming. You know, uh, Rio actually has another item in, in, in his inventory, the other half of the Yin and Yang amulet. Yeah. So you'd assume that we're going to encounter a character that perhaps has the other half around his neck, and Rio's going to identify the other half perhaps show Zimming his half and then he's going to have some sort of a reminiscent of <laughs> his, yeah. uh, his sister perhaps and I don't know, maybe he can come to his senses and end up helping out for all we know. Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of, you were going well into sort of much further <laughs> down the story here, but it's a valid point and actually looking at the points you've made in the chapter titles, Zewing is due to come back assuming that's yep. followed and yep. there's a death. Now I've obviously theorised about Ren the other theory that's gone around is that actually Zimming redeems himself mm. by sacrificing himself. Again, we don't know this; we're guessing. But to I think to, what I'm getting at here is actually if you condense all of this down, there's so many unanswered questions with Shenmue that, and I'll be honest in what I think this is just my personal opinion. I'd rather never have Shenmue four or the anime season two than a cheap rushed end to give closure Um, and I want closure as much as the next person but I want closure properly I don't want it cheaply done I don't want it rushed 
because mm. it doesn't deserve that. And the fan base doesn't deserve that either, quite frankly. We you know, we campaigned for so many years for Shenmue 3. We've got it. We've got an anime as well. Um, it, where we've put ourselves now, I don't think it, it, the respect for Shenmue and the story, it deserves to be completed the right way and not in a rushed manner, in my personal opinion. Agreed, Matt. And so just outside of that Rio and Landy have a fight, Rio wins. These are your main points. So obviously you've got the opposing factions now within the Chia Men. How is that going to get resolved? Mm-hmm. You've got Ziming. What's going to become of him? Um, is he going to reunite with his uh, reunite with his sister, Shuing? Heck, is Guizang going to catch up at some point? Uh, what's really going on with Shenfua? A history, a family, a powers, the Shemu tree. What's the deal with the mirrors? Are they going to eventually lead to treasure or perhaps evil with, you know, Chiyo Munster? What's the purpose of the White Leaf mysterious scroll that Rio's had since the start? Did Rio's dad actually murder Landy's father? And if he did, why? You've got stuff that's going to eventually lead to Menkun, which is the area that's spoken about in the pretty much the introduction line between Landy and his father. Is that where the final scene's going to take place? Um, obviously, we're going to encounter more characters. We know from promotional artwork, GDC, um, chapter tiles, interviews. There's loads more to come, more locations. You mentioned about the map that shows all these other exciting locations, characters, leaders of the Chiamen that are higher up than Land even. What's their ultimate goal? Um, and this is going a little bit into perhaps... This has been cut at some point, but Shemfar in these Empress sort of white mm. clothing. Obviously, we've got the Shemu Online trailer that kind of shows her her clothes like magically change into this white. She summons a big phoenix in the sky. Landy summons a big dragon in the sky. And actually, rather than what everyone assumes Rio fights Landy in a fist-to-fist combat, could it be that in fact, these two mythological beasts fight it out. And that's the final battle. The phoenix and the dragon, rather than, you know, grounded in realism. Yeah, rather than a grounded fist fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, this is this is all stuff that is to be answered. It's all stuff that I think excites the community. Now, I've said this a thousand and one times. I'm going to say it again for argument's sake. If Shenmue 4 doesn't knock it out of the park with the story, I think we're done in games. I've said it for months, probably ever ever since we've run the place, James. I've been saying it. and But it excites me that there's so much that we don't know, that there's so much out there with, with the story, with the chapter tiles and everything else in between. And bearing in mind, we've covered this in, what, 50 minutes an hour, right? Mm-hmm. So we could be sat here for four hours talking about this story. Honestly, you could, because there's so many fan theories over the years for the little tiny, the tiniest of details people have dissected. People have got the history books out, the China folklore books, reading up on ancient China history, trying to link that to bits of stuff that's happened in Shenmue, like I mentioned, the stars, trying to find about the stars formations, constellations, the Big Dipper, and try and use some of that information that's out there in the public domain and how that kind of relates to perhaps potential story elements that were originally coined for Shenmue. All this stuff over the last 20 years, fans have been dying to find out what happens next. And although Shenmue 3 didn't perhaps give a lot of these answers that we'd 
we'd had for so long, it did provide extra, you know, it wasn't like a, a completely void ah. experience. There were story ele elements in there. We learned a lot between uh, Shemfar and Mio, those, those nighttime conversations. We learned a lot more about Shemfar uh, and we've still got these elements that haven't gone away, the powers, um, a dreams about her parents and the sort of stuff so there's a lot of stuff to be resolved obviously it didn't get resolved in Shenmue 3 but we knew that from the start we knew that Yusuzuki had a plan of six games um, potentially been cut down to five now condensed so hopefully like you say Matt they can knock it out the park with a fourth game um, but to just simply put it out there and say that they should just finish the whole saga with a one hour anime where Rio and Landy fight is, is a real massive disservice Huge to disservice. what we know so far from the first three games and uh, the ongoing storylines that yeah. obviously need some sort of a, re a, a resolution. It's not just a fight between Rio and Landy. And I think we've we've made that quite clear, all the things that we've just discussed there, Matt. Have you got any closing words before we end? I think just to close it off, I mean... If you've watched all of this video, you've probably been spoiled anyway. But I'd urge anybody who is interested in Shenmue uh, <laughs> and its story to just engage in some of this stuff, some of the deeper storytelling, especially with the first two games. The storytelling rivals games today. It really mm -hmm. does in my mind. There is so much here for Shenmue in terms of the story, and there's so much more that we we need to find out. There really is. And you, for me, you can't oversimplify Shenmue as a revenge story. There's much more to it. And you, like you say, James, you do it a disservice if we do oversimplify it as a revenge story. It is a revenge story. It is a cog in a much wider story that is going to go all over China with lots of other themes here. The theme of vengeance, the theme of redemption, the mysticism, Shenfar's powers. There's so much here that and I, said, and I said it again, I'm going to say it again here, that is, you wouldn't do it justice if you just condensed it down into a simple Rio beats Landy scenario. I don't think it would work, and I, and I think we would be left a little bit hollow as, as hardcore fans with all these other questions that we want answering. And I'll put it out there, I don't think we need to be concerned about trying to finish the story at the moment, because it's only 2019 when we had Shemu 3. So it's only been two and a half years. We've only just finished the anime show run. Mm -hmm. In fact, it's still airing in Japan. So to kind of put it out there that Shenmue's dead again, and you know people are crying out for closure, I think that things have only just we've only just brought the series back to life after that 15-year hiatus. And I just I don't understand people wanting or wishing the end of it when it's come back, it's made a resurgence. We're here, we're getting merch. Sega Shop is still selling merch. Um, we've had the anime soundtracks just released about a week or two ago. You know, these things that are happening right now, Shemu-wise, and just to try to say, <laughs> you know, we need an ending right now when it's thriving is a disservice in itself, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. And I cool. And we just, yeah, there's more to come, guys. There really is. And I think we just need to invest in it and what's what's to come because there's much more out there than... Just support the series. The just keep supporting the series. Like I say, it's ongoing. Um, and hopefully Yu Suzuki can find a way to make that fourth game happen. 
or you know the second series of the anime whatever comes first and just just embrace Shenmue its story and <laughs> don't wish the end of it is all I'll say no, don't, because I think we'd be left a little bit hollow. And as I said before, I'd rather it was done properly or not at all. Simple as that for me. Spot on. Right, guys, so thanks for watching this video. Hopefully we've summed up all the story points there. It went a little bit longer than I expected it would, but I think that just kind of just shows how much story is actually in there that needs a resolution. Um, so thanks for joining us. Um, if you like the video content, let us know in the comments below, like, subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and whatever. And we'll be back with either a podcast or another video soon. Um, so until then, take care. Have a good one, guys.